Hey there, welcome to podcast episode number 20. This is the second in a series about accountability. And the title of today's podcast is An Easy Way to Create and Share Performance Expectations and Keep People Accountable. I'm going to share with you today a three-step job dashboard process. We're going to go through a very quick seven-question quiz to test your understanding around performance expectations. I'm going to share that three-step model, the job dashboard process. It really is easy and is going to help you build more accountability on your teams. And I'm going to share some additional resources to help you with this whole process of sharing expectations, having people be accountable and own their work. And uh, I'm excited about today's episode. It's episode number 20, and let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast. My name is Susie Price. And I am the owner, facilitator, consultant, and author at Priceless Professional Development. And I'm the creator of this podcast, the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, where we help leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere focus on building commitment, energy, and communication in organizations and on their teams. And I'm excited about the accountability series because accountability is an issue on many business owners and leaders and managers' minds. It started doing a series about this as a result of a conversation I had with a client, and we'll call him Jim. He's an executive at a large insurance company, and a while back we were preparing for a leadership training session with one of their teams, and Jim and I were having a conversation about strengths and development opportunities of the team and what we wanted to focus on during the day that we were going to be together. And one of the areas that he kept coming back to, he said he was talking about accountability. How do we keep people accountable? He said, you know, our team, the leadership team, we're pretty accountable. We all uh, are accountable to each other. We're accountable to uh, our executives that we report to. But sometimes the next layer, I don't always feel like we're holding them accountable and helping them build that strength and that muscle within themselves. And he said things like, I want to get better at understanding what accountability looks like and sounds like. How is it delivered effectively? How do we as leaders do a better job of holding people who work for us accountable. I want to get better at having those conversations and staying on top of it so that low performers or mediocre performers improve. Or if they don't improve, I have a basis for moving them out and I don't let it fester and linger. So those weren't his exact words, but that was the conversation. And it was very heartfelt, like really wanting to understand So we started the series with episode number 19, and you can find that episode. It's about uh, the REV process, so it's pricelessprofessional.com slash REV, R-E-V. And in that episode, I talked about a three-step process for how to help an employee improve performance. And the REV... It stands for three steps or thought processes you want to go through. The R is remove obvious obstacles. The E is for our expectations and for our expectations for performance clear. And then the R is, um, have you verified job fit? Is the person a good fit for the job? So 
that episode mentioned performance expectations, and t- we talked in depth about questions you want to ask at each step of that process, at the R and the E and the V step. Now I want to go into how do you actually set performance expectations, specifically answering some of Jim, my past client or recent client, um, the questions he was asking. So in this episode, we are going to look at exactly how you set performance expectations. And in this series, uh, the next two, we'll have two more podcasts in this series. And one, I have just gotten um, heard from John Rossman. He's the author of The Amazon Way, where they talk about 14 principles that of leadership at Amazon. I've gotten information uh, from his PR firm that he is willing to be interviewed. So I'm excited about that. We're going to talk about at Amazon and the accountability culture. So that episode will be coming up and I'm sending them the interview questions and we're going to kind of get all square on that. So excited about that and and his book and, and his information. So get to hear about how do you create an accountability culture and how they did it and do it at Amazon. Another episode that I'm going to create is an actual process for I'm actually now sitting down with the employee and I'm having a conversation about performance. What's the most effective way to do that? And there's actually four steps you can take that will walk you through the conversation. So now let's get into today's topic, performance expectations. And so do you know how to set them? Do you do it? Okay, if those are yes, yes, I set them. I know how to do them. Do they stick? Do they stick? In other words, when the employee learns about the expectation, are they clear and so they start taking action? Do they help the employee understand what they need to do? So if there's any step along the way, either how to set them, how to share them, how to get the employee engaged, well, this is the episode that you're going to want to listen to because I'm going to share a very easy way to create and share performance expectations. And if you do this with the members of your team, then you're going to be building accountability on your team. And it's a process that I am uh, use often. It's called a job dashboard. So before we get to that, I, I promised you a short quiz. Let's test your awareness or understanding of some of the principles around performance expectations. So now what I want you to do is think in your mind your answer to each question. So do you agree or disagree? So here's the statement for this quiz. Number one, when team members help set their own performance expectations, they tend to underestimate what they can accomplish. When team members help set their own performance expectations, they tend to underestimate what they can accomplish. Do you agree or disagree? Well, if you disagreed, then you got that answer right. So if people are trained and coached and you talk them through it, most of the time, if you get people involved, they're going to set higher standards from for themselves than even their leaders might. And that is with some coaching. And, and the beauty about getting people involved in the process and setting the expectations and the actions that they're going to take, there's more commitment and interest because they were involved in the process. It's not something forced upon them. Okay, so question, next question. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? Not all performance expectations can be stated so that they are measurable. Not all performance expectations can be stated so that they are measurable. Do you agree or disagree? Again, the answer is, the correct answer is, I can be like a, uh, a game show host, disagree, five points. So if you disagreed, you you understand that if a, if it's 
performance standard can't be measured or an expectation can't be measured, it's probably not a good expectation. And, uh, because there's no way to know whether it was achieved. And so what we're going to do is have you, when you create measurements, have that be the last step. And you'll be surprised on how you can talk through, even if you're not Im- in immediately clear on what how to measure it, you'll both, if you're talking with your employee, find ways to measure it. Okay, so um, next one. The, the best performance expectation plans are loose and flexible. Agree or disagree? So the answer would be, the correct answer is, if by loose and flexible you mean general, then that would be okay, because they're going to be what we're going to create in our job dashboard is some general high-level performance uh, um, expectations that are like the priorities for the job. Um, if you... Um, also think, okay, they might change, they might evolve the actions that they're going to take, uh, then yes, the plans can be loose and flexible, but we, we want them to be clear and we want them to not be so loose and flexible that people are unclear, which oftentimes that's the problem. The manager knows the role or the leader knows the role. The employee kind of knows the role. The leader assumes that the employee understands what the expectations are, thinks that they should, quote-unquote, should know. So loose and flexible in that way, not good. Um, but loose and flexible in, okay, you can have a big picture that explains it and explains what's expected and and then that they might change and evolve based on what's happening in circumstances, that would be true. So it's kind of a agree and disagree on that one. Okay, next one. Not all expectations have to be written. So I would disagree with that and say that's the correct answer. I'd like to see them written just because in writing it's clear and you spend time together making them clear. Uh, but they, so written plans do reduce the possibility of communication failures, memory failures. We're all so busy. We don't remember uh, 80% of what was shared on Monday through by Friday. So, um, so sometimes you might have short-term plans that don't have to be written and it's just a quick conversation, but the overall job expectations for the job, what the top priorities are and how you're going to measure that, that would be important to have that written. Next quiz item. Most team members don't like having specific performance standards or expectations. Agree or disagree? And the answer is disagree. So most team members don't like not knowing what's expected of them. And a lot of that is going on. They don't know why they're not being effective. They don't understand what's expected. So specific performance expectations made very clear helps people, helps eliminate that whole confusion challenge. Okay, two more quiz items. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? Specific performance standards or expectations help a manager evaluate a team member's performance. That's kind of an easy one. You probably said agree. So it helps remove questions about subjective matters, and it helps evaluate the team member's performance. It just clears it all up. It makes those kind of conversations easy when you have expectations laid out in written form in advance of the conversations. And then you're talking about the expectation, and it becomes very objective conversation as opposed opposed to a personal subjective conversation. Last quiz item. Having team members share their performance expectations promotes teamwork. Agree or disagree? And the answer is agree. 
So when your team members are aware of each other's priorities, what they're working on, it does promote teamwork because sometimes you get confusion among the team, amongst the team. Oh, I thought he was um, responsible for that. Oh, I thought she was handling that or what is he doing? So a lot of misunderstanding when we don't understand each team member's priorities and what they're focused on. So that's why I'm so excited to get into what we're going to talk about the what today because the job dashboard is such an easy way to develop and share performance expectations and it will help you build accountability. And what I want you to do is to be able to create a job dashboard for every position. And uh, basically a job dashboard is the top three, five, three to five priorities in the job that have measurable actions underneath them. So here's a little story. Imagine a senior vice president from your company has asked you at the last minute to drive downtown. She wants you to sit in for her at an important meeting. You're really happy about being asked and you really want to go. This is a meeting you've always been interested in attending and you like that she asked you and you want to represent her well. So remember, it's at the last minute. So you rush out of the office. You hop into your car, close the door, press the start button, and just as you put your car in reverse, you notice something, something weird. Your dashboard's covered up and disabled. What the heck? You can't see how much gas you have. You can't set your GPS to the meeting location. And once you get going, you're not going to be able to see if you're driving too fast or too, too slow. You don't have any checkpoints. Will you get to the meeting? Probably. Are you going to be late or have a little incident along the way? Possibly. You need your dashboard. It's a big part of helping you get to where you want to go every time you get into your car. And thank goodness you don't have to worry about your dashboard being disabled. I mean, who's going to do something like that to your car, right? But. Every day, employees are at work trying to get where, get to where their manager and company wants them to go, but they're driving blind. It's because they don't have a clear picture of the top priorities and focus areas for their job. And so that's why I'm so in love with the job dashboard. Um, the job dashboard for most employees, when they don't have one, is unclear. They don't really understand what's expected. They don't know what's most important. They're not clear about how they're being measured. So sometimes, and maybe often, they're moving too slow or too fast. They're taking the wrong route, or they're ending up in a ditch on the side of the road, for heaven's sake. So that's my way of pointing out uh, the parallel or the analogy of using the word dashboard. It's a tool that I use all the time to help leaders identify key criteria for success and performance for a position. When a leader is saying, you know, so-and-so is not doing this, that, and this, and that, and they have a laundry list of 50 things, and uh, we want them to go through a coaching process, I sit with the leader the person who's managing the person they're struggling with and say, okay, let's go through the dashboard. I want you to get clear on one of the top two to three or five, whatever it is, is appropriate uh, priorities for success in the position. And um, once we do that, it helps clarify, helps the leader who's managing the lower performing employee get clear on what needs to be addressed. And then it helps the employee address those things. So it's a really simple process. And I think you're going to 
laugh at how easy it is, but, and my hope is that you'll use it, um, cause it's gonna help you communicate exactly what's expected, which is, this is superior performance in the job, and here's what you need to focus on. So the dashboard helps you, helps you and your employees focus on what matters most. So, um, it's not like, you know, you have a job description and most everybody has one of those. And that's like kind of the job, the manual for your car. It sits in the dashboard and you only pull it out when you really need to drill down on one specific thing. What we want is the dashboard to be front and center, just like when you're driving. You always see your dashboard and it always guides you. So that's what a job dashboard does. So let me give you, I'll give you an example of a dashboard, and I'm going to give you the definition. Let's do the definition first. A job dashboard, here's this uh, definition, is a performance management and hiring tool that succinctly describes the top three to five performance expectations or priorities that are crucial for superior performance in a position. We want the employee to get involved in deciding what actions he or she will take for each of the priorities that that increases their involvement and engagement and the dashboard is referenced often to track progress or look at breakdowns or obstacles so that's a i kind of expanded on the definition but you can find the definition and all of this information at on the show notes it's going to be at pricelessprofessional.com/expectations and that's all lowercase so you can if you want to see that or you want to see this example here's an example of a dashboard that we created, a job dashboard for a senior customer service position. And very simple, it's just the top three to five priorities is what we start out with. And in this case, we have four priorities. It's the priority number one, the most important part of this role um, is customer satisfaction provided at required levels. Number two, priority, become a product expert and learn new features as they are released. Number three, complete all orders and requests according to protocol. And number four, train and mentor new customer service reps. And again, that's an example of a job dashboard for a senior customer service position. And what you would do with this is you take those four priorities, you sit down with the employee, and under each priority, talk to the employee about, okay, what actions are you going to take this quarter to excel in, in customer satisfaction required at provided at required levels. So that might be maybe they need some training or maybe there's some numbers that you can record. So you get the employee involved in figuring out under each priority what must happen in this quarter or this month or next week or whatever the timing is. You know, the the lower performing employee, you might set weekly actions to kind of get them focused and back on track. Your higher higher performing folks who who are already excelling, you spend time with them to continue so that you're get they're getting your attention and you're having a discussion. You maybe give them stretch goals or have them come up with stretch goals. So um that is what we would focus on there. Okay, I'm excited to share that audible.com is now sponsoring podcasts through their affiliate program. They're offering a free audiobook download and a 30-day trial to Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast listeners. You can support this show by using my link, pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. And one of the books I'm going to recommend that you download in preparation for my interview with John Rossman is uh, the book that he wrote 
and we're going to talk to him again about accountability. Uh, his book title is The Amazon Way, 14 Leadership Principles Behind the World's Most Disruptive Company. And here's some notes about that book, The Amazon Way. Rossman, in The Amazon Way, Rossman introduces readers to the unique corporate culture of the world's largest internet retailer with a focus on 14 leadership principles that have guided and shaped its decisions and its distinctive leadership culture. Peppered with humorous and enlightening firsthand anecdotes from the author's career at Amazon, this revealing business guide is also filled with valuable lessons that have served Jeff Bezos' everything store so well, providing expert advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, CEOs, and investors alike. Now, I have begun reading this book, and I also have it on audible.com, so I've been kind of alternating with the whisper sync where I read it when I have time and I listen to it in my car. So just uh, if you're interested in trying out audible.com, go to, and you want to support this show, I get a little credit for people signing up to try out audible.com. That's a way they are supporting this podcast. So you can support us by going to pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. Click on any of the links there and it'll take you to the sign up page at audible.com. And uh, thank you for that. Okay, now we're back to talk about the job dashboard. I want to show you how to create it, to create a dashboard. Again, the show notes for this podcast is at pricelessprofessional.com slash expectations. So there, as with a lot of work that I do, my work is around car analogies and a lot of uh, acronyms. So, we, of course, I'm not going to disappoint. We have an acronym for you for creating a dashboard. It's RPM. So you're going to get a lot more revs per minute if you create a dashboard. Here's what the three steps are. RPM. One, you're going to respond and brainstorm to a couple of questions. I'm going to share those with you. That's the R. So you do some thinking about and answering these questions. Um, number two, step two is place your responses and create headlines and prioritize. And then the third step is metrics or measurements are added. And then um, you're good to go with your job dashboard. So again, the show notes, if you want to I'll have all this outlined there is pricelessprofessional.com slash expectations. So we want to ask those three questions. You can start out by doing the, you know, coming up with the top three to five priorities by doing step one where you're brainstorming answers to the questions and step two, you're placing the responses and prioritizing. You can do that by yourself. That's what I did do for my own position. You can do this with the employee. If you're filling a position, um, so say I've done this and this is in my book, How to Hire Superior Performers, we do dashboards before people hire so they can get a team of interviewers on the same page about who we need and what's what uh, what's needed for success in the position. So we have them create a dashboard. So you can actually get three to eight people together who have a vested interest in the success of the position and then um, have a have a end up with at the end of that conversation, the top three to five priorities for a position. And that's how we create a benchmark or start creating a benchmark. And I facilitate those kind of conversations. So this isn't this this uh, podcast is not about the hiring piece, but I have to mention it because we do use the job dashboard in that process. So the main objective of 
um, the job dashboard is that you want to have one for every position because it promotes clarity. And so if you can, if you, um, need to do it by yourself or can include the employee, you definitely want to include the employee in the third step, which is creating the measurements. So let me walk you through each step. So you're going to step one, respond and brainstorm to the question. And what's the question? And the question is what must happen or the job has failed. Or you could say it positively, this must happen in the job for superior performance. So what what I ask you to do when you're answering those questions is to think about the job, think about past people in the job, think about what's worked, what's been a disaster, and you brainstorm your answers. And it's amazing just asking that question. So I told you sometimes a leader will call and say, hey, I want to put somebody through the coaching process. And I say, okay, let's come up with a job dashboard. And I begin asking the leader, what has to happen or the job has failed? And I just start gathering their answers. And you can do the same thing. If you have a group of people or an employee uh, with you, you can just list the answers kind of like in a brainstorm session and, and just keep going until you don't have any more answers. And then you just start going to the second step, which is you place them into three to five categories. So you, a lot of times the answers are going to match different uh, categories or headings. They're going to go together. So you group them together and you create headlines for the categories. So it's interesting. I've done it, uh, did it recently for a, a group of HR managers just to show them how to do a dashboard. And um, we had 13 people in the room, which is a lot of people. I gave everybody post-it notes and I asked the questions. That's that step one, respond and brainstorm to the question. What's, what must happen or the job has failed? Or said positively, this must happen in the job for superior performance. And I said, write down your top three answers, one answer per post-it note, and then pick your number one answer. So basically, we were able to create a dashboard in less than 30 minutes for a position, um, and there were 13 people in the room. So it doesn't take long to do it. Uh, the brainstorming, if you if you want to use post-it notes to kind of get clarity, and then that makes it easy to do step two, which is group them together. And so, you know, they all wrote out on the post-it note and had them share their number one, and then their number two, and then their number three, and then we put them up on the wall and started grouping them as they were sharing them, and it was very clear that there were three to five priorities that were showing up that you could group them together. And then um, we came up with headline statements for all of the responses. So you re- respond and brainstorm to the question. You place your responses into three to five categories. You create headlines for those categories. And then you prioritize, okay, which these are all important or we wouldn't have listed them as our job dashboard. Um, but Okay, what's the number one? What's most important? What's second, third, and that type of thing? Um, the third step is you add metrics or measurements to each one of the statements. So it's an easy process. Um, as I mentioned, we had 13 people in the room, and we were create, able to create a dashboard, and they all came from different regions. So we were just going through the process to test it. So they all had different ideas on that position that was throughout their company, and we were able to do it in less than 30 minutes. So it does not take long to create a job dashboard. You just go through the steps, respond to the questions, uh, brainstorm your answers, put them in categories, create the priorities, you know, create headline statements, and then and then you're going to add the measurements and you're going to want to do the third step with employees. So 
the power of it is it helps you and the employee get very clear about what's important and what matters most. Just like on your dashboard in your car, what matters most? I got to have gas. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on in the car, but these are the things that matter the most. And that's what you're you're wanting to create. It creates clarity and purpose. It eliminates confusion. It improves ownership of your job. When you know what the priorities are, it's easier to take initiative. When you're unsure, if you know that this is your number one priority and that's what you're going to be asked about in your next meeting with your manager, you're going to take more initiative and feel, you know, if you're having a hard time getting your own self started or an employee is, they're going to feel a little bit more um, able to take action and, 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 the outside force of accountability will help them get some momentum going. Um, also, having a dashboard helps you have more objective conversations, as I said earlier. It's less threatening because you've talked about number one priority and number two priority, and they're clear and you're clear. So when you go back and talk about it again, the defensiveness is not there because the employee says, oh, yeah, I agree to these. You're right. That's important. So it, it, just conversation, everything goes better with a job dashboard that has been um created and shared with the employee and the employee has been involved in creating the measurements it's a it's a powerful thing so uh basically what you want to do is you want to have a conversation with the employee they don't not, these do not need to be created in a vacuum and then handed to the employee because as i've mentioned this is probably the fourth time i mentioned it if they're not involved there's less buy in and less commitment so um basically what you would do if you had created the dashboard in advance with the priorities you would sit down um like for example earlier i'd shared an example of a customer service representative um benchmark and and you would sit down and talk to the employee about, okay, priority number one is customer satisfaction re- provided at required levels. So let's talk about this employee. Um, this is a number one, and this is the one where you're going to spend the most time uh, every day. And uh, what do you think? What do you, what are your questions? Do you agree with it? Yes, I agree. The employee would probably say, yeah, that's, that's the number one priority. Okay, so now let's work together to determine actions that you're going to take. And you say, you know, actions over the next quarter or the next month, whatever the right time frame is. Okay, so what actions do you want to take? Do you think that would make the biggest difference in this next quarter? What's most important right now? And so list the actions that they're willing to take and then negotiate with them to say, you know, if they set something kind of low that really doesn't push them, you know, say, hey, if you consider, let's look at this. You have this whole coaching conversation with them. If their expectations are too high, um, then you can kind of help negotiate that as well. So talk about the actions that they're willing to take. Get their to, to get them to talk about it first. Because if you do, they're probably going to say some of the things that you've already been thinking about. And if they say it, it has a lot more power than if you say you should, you've got to, that kind of thing. Um, don't go into the measurements. Just get the actions clear and don't diss any of the actions. Um, if you can live with them and they share them and they would make a difference, go with it. Um, because you want their involvement. That's the piece, their buy-in. And then after you get clear on the actions, there may be three or four things that you're going to measure under that number one priority of customer satisfaction provided at required levels. Um, you would go back now and say, okay, let's put some measurements on each of these. How are we going to measure these? And let them start 
And even if it's hard to come up with a measurement, you'll be surprised even on some of the subjective stuff. How could we measure this? And you could come up with with something um, that'll that'll be a measurement. It works every time. But make sure you put the measurements that the M part of RPM last, because if you start doing that while you're trying to think of actions, it kind of shuts down the uh, creative process or the brainstorming process around actions that you can take because people are like, well, I don't know how to measure that. So but put it down and you'll find a way to measure it. If you, you two are talking about it, you're going to be able to come up with it. So the, so the action, you've shared the priorities for the position. You've shared the dashboard. You've either created it with them or, or created it in advance and shared it with the employee. You have worked on what actions are going to be under each one of the priorities. You put measurements on it. Here's the next step. It is you want to review it. Have the employee repeat back to you what you've decided. So before you close the meeting, and this is a good practice for every meeting and interaction you have with the employee. Okay, uh, if you say you were doing a dashboard with me, okay, okay, Susie. So now kind of repeat back to me your what you understand about the dashboard and the actions that you're going to take just so I can make sure we're both on the same page. And and they'll, I would explain it. And then you'd say, as the leader of me, you'd say, okay, let's put some time on our calendar right now. So everybody get their calendars out with their iPhone or iPad and let's schedule some time. We're going to review this in two weeks or a month or next week, depending on the level of urgency in the situation. If they're a low performer and there's some uh, job on the line, I would say the next week, but they're, Several things happen there. This is makes the conversation have teeth. It makes sure that, you know, weeks fly by. So but if you have it on your calendar and they have it on their calendar, then um, you will be sure to meet and you'll just create this whole accountability culture. Now, we all know this person now knows what the priorities are in their job. They know what you're going to be looking at and what they need to focus on in the next time period that you've set with them. And they know you're going to follow up. That is the power of the job dashboard. So I want to share a little bit about my book as a little commercial here. I have a book that talks about the job dashboard, but it's used in the hiring process. So the book is How to Hire Superior Performers, 70 Best Practices, Strategies, and Tips. And you can find it at pricelessprofessional.com slash hirebook, H-I-R-E-B-O-O-K, all one word, lowercase. And here's a little promo about it, explains a little bit, some questions for you. Do you ask the right interview questions? Are you hiring the right people every time? Have you ever hired your dream candidate only to later discover that they were a nightmare? Does your interview team know what they're doing? Or are they wasting valuable interview time by talking too much and listening too little? My book, How to Hire Superior Performers, will show you and every interviewer on your team exactly how to conduct interviews so that every person you bring on board is a superior performer. We're going to give you an eight-step process that's uh, very simple to use around the hiring process. I give you 12 downloadable step-by-step worksheets, 24 behavioral interview questions that get to the real truth of whether an employee is going to perform or not. I've got a quiz on there about the top 13 interviewing mistakes. And I also have a, something that's a little different where you can sign up. It's optional, but you can get an email tip a day over 70 days, Monday through Friday, that are, describe the different chapters in the book. So you can kind of read the book 
you know, one, one chapter at a time through email. So it makes it easy to kind of absorb the information a little bit at a time. You, I'll show you how to conduct revealing and truth telling reference checks. And I give you a script for that. And I, ba- I give you 33 new hire ideas to make sure that, uh, new hires don't turn over because there's a high rate of turnover for new people. So um, the book is How to Hire Superior Performers. You can get a PDF copy. You can get a Kindle copy. You can get a hard copy. It's at pricelessprofessional.com slash hirebook, H-I-R-E-B-O-O-K. In the book, I do talk about the dashboard and how to uh, use the dashboard in the hiring process to help the interview team get clear. So hire book. Check it out. So we're wrapping up our conversation about the job dashboard process and the three steps RPM. The key thing that I just want to mention again, I think I've kind of pounded on a little bit, but I got to say it again because it's so important, is get the employee involved. If you do, you're going to have more commitment, more motivation, and more cooperation. So um, then once you create the dashboard and they've helped create actions, you've got to hold a team member accountable to it. That's a part of it. And that's your piece. So you got to follow up. You've got to reference them. You've got to support their performance by providing resources when they need it. And they're having a hard time meeting one of those uh, measurable actions. You've got helping encouragement. I mean, three to one is what we say. Three to one positives to everyone course correction. Help, help people, encourage them, tell them when they do something that is meeting one of those expectations and you see it. Um, got and, and provide performance feedback when something is lacking too. Provide coaching, provide recognition. So the job dashboard, it helps you and the employee get very clear about what's important and what matters most. It promotes clarity and purpose. It eliminates confusion. It improves ownership of each person taking ownership of their job. And it makes accountability conversations objective and non-threatening. So I want you to be able to have honest and straightforward performance review conversations with every employee. And the job dashboard process and tool can be one piece of that. So it's also a tool that you use when hiring, as you heard from my little commercial. And uh, so I am excited to have been able to kind of drill down on this and explain it to you. I also have a video that I did that shows, you know, when I was doing the post-it note con- thoughts, if I got you confused at all on how I did that with the HR managers, it walks you through the three RPM steps. And so I think it's like a six minute video. You can find it at pricelessprofessional.com slash dashboard, all one word, lowercase. So you can go to those that video. And we have show notes. I've mentioned the, the address to get to those show notes is pricelessprofessional.com slash expectations. The dashboard, I just mentioned that. And it's also a place there where you could add comments if you had any questions. At the end of the page, I think it's below the video, you could add any comments. And um, that's at pricelessprofessional.com slash dashboard. Don't forget that we have an app. It's free on the um, uh, any Apple tool and you go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com and you'll see that's the directory of the 20 podcasts that we've created so far and you'll see a place where you can download on iTunes the app for free and that way you just hit the app on your phone and you'll see anytime a new podcast uh, comes up. You also can subscribe via iTunes if you use your podcast app on your phone or your iPad and there's Stitcher which is for Android devices so you can find all that at wakeupeagerworkforce.com If you have questions or comments for me personally or professionally you want to ask about something that we've covered here today give 
give me a shout. You, know, you can call me and, and the number and information is also there for email is at pricelessprofessional.com slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, all lowercase. So there's a form there. You can send me a note. And there's a, my email, my phone number and all that are listed there. Love for you to support uh, the show by using my audible.com link. If you're not already an audible to subscriber, it's awesome to be able to have those audiobooks. I've listened to uh, The Martian when my husband and I drove up to Indiana. That was fun to listen to. I also listen to books when I walk my dog. And anyway, it's a great uh, and it's cool that you can listen to it on your iPhone or and uh, your Android phone. So it's pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. If you use that link, they give you a free download with a 30-day trial. So and then I get a little bit of a a little bit of support from Audible for having talked about it. And last but not least, if you're interested in improving your interviewing and hiring skills, there's more information in my hire book, hiring book, How to Hire Superior Performers. And I have a lot in there about the dashboard because that is the first step in the hiring process. So you can see how does that relate. You start with the dashboard. You use it to um, pick out the competencies and the motivators and behaviors you want in the job. So it helps you create a template for hiring. And then um, when you bring somebody on board, that's the last step in the hiring process is you use the dashboard, the job dashboard, to help the new employee not be overwhelmed. So... All good stuff. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to catching up with you. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out. And uh, thank you for being a part of this. And thank you for listening. All the best. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 